Hello and welcome to the PWM Barcelona podcast. My name is Hilary and I'm the VP of Marketing and Communications for PWN here in Barcelona. For anyone who doesn't know us, PWN Barcelona is the go-to organization in the city for diverse and gender-balanced leadership across the corporate and startup worlds. Our activities include events and panel discussions, skill development workshops, networking events, and we also run a full mentoring program. To learn more about PWM Barcelona, our events and campaigns, please take a look at pwmbarcelona.net or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Monica Rodriguez, Senior Consultant, Facilitator, and Coach from the Simici Group, working with professionals to sharpen their communication skills. Monica is an expert in mindfulness and recently spoke at one of our mentoring program workshops. And Monica and I are meeting here in the heart of Barcelona. You'll probably hear lots of background noise, <laughs> but we thought this was a great chance to make this a really nice and formal conversation. So welcome and thank you for listening. Yes. So Monica, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for taking your time uh, to meet with me and to share your thoughts with us. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, professionally, I've been in the business world for 25 years. Um, the last several years, um, as you mentioned, as a facilitator and coach running a uh, president presentation, sales, and leadership workshops. Uh, before that, I spend the better part of my career in IT sales. So for instance, uh, my last uh, job before I became a trainer and coach, I ran an IT consulting company that I started in Singapore. So just a bit of flavor on my uh, professional background. Uh, personally, I am a yogi at heart. So every morning I get on the yoga mat, for 30 to 30 to 60 minutes, no matter where I happen to be in the world. Um, and this anchors me to move throughout the day and ideally to be present, although some days are, are better than others. And I'd also like to share that like many of, of the folks here, uh, that I am a global soul. So um, that means that I you know, was born in, in the Philippines, grew up in the US, have been outside of the US for 14 years now, and Barcelona is now currently my home, and I love to get on the plane. Oh, thank you so much, Monica. A true diversity in, in every aspect. So, so mindfulness is something that it feels like it's become more and more talked about in recent years. And I'm interested, perhaps we sort of start off by exploring, what does mindfulness mean to you personally? Mindfulness for me is a way of being. Uh, people enter through practices, be it through meditation techniques or yoga class. And so for me, mindfulness is moment-to-moment -moment awareness in a relaxed, uh, non-judgmental way. So I can be mindful during a meeting, really being present in that conversation, or I'm standing in line at the grocery store instead of checking my phone or being impatient, which can happen. Um, you know, just being there in the moment. Uh, and we're, we're practicing that right now, aren't we? We're here in the heart of the city with lots of, lots of noise around us and lots of potential distractions. And I think this is a great opportunity to practice being fully in this conversation and, and kind of fully present. So I, I like that. Why, why do you think, Monica, why do you think mindfulness as a thought, as a concept has, has grown so much in recent years? Why do you feel like it's something that people, it feels like it's an idea and a concept that people are really latching onto. Yes. Why do you think that's the case? You know, it, it's a good question. I would say, number one, in the workplace, perhaps, because people are experiencing greater degrees of stress and change and uncertainty. And 
So anything that can address and alleviate that, such as mindfulness and meditation, uh, proves to be effective to deal with constant changes and, and just, gosh, I just have too much pressure. And I'd also have to say it has to do with the butterfly effect. I, you know, who knows? Um, but it definitely, not just um, here in Europe, in the US, in Asia, um, it has experienced um, a growing degree of popularity. And I, I will add, seven years ago when I first got into training and coaching, this is my background. And I wanted to be very upfront with people in the corporate world, you know, that I come from this background of yoga and meditation. But oh my gosh, to mention this in the corporate world seven years ago, uh -huh. completely taboo. And now it's wild. It's wild that you can say meditation. I can say it in a workshop. We teach it in a few of our workshops and people don't get freaked out. Some people are still reluctant, absolutely, but it's so much in our workplace vernacular that it's just accepted that, yeah, there are people that meditate and practice mindfulness. And, and do, you think, do you think that shift, that sort of adoption of mindfulness has, has come from the workplace or do you think it's from us as professionals and us as humans taking that into our workplaces? I, I'd say it's the latter, that um, whatever people are experiencing on retreats and um, in yoga classes or reading it or hearing it is um, proliferating in the, in the workplace. Okay. Yes. And, and talking about the workplace in particular, what, what do you think kind of mindfulness looks like in the workplace and how do you think it can benefit us as individuals and our organizations? What does it look like? So if I would think of a, what does a mindful leader look like, for instance, it's someone who is aligned, so they walk their talk, um, who they say they are is aligned with their actions and the way they carry out conversations with their teams. They typically, um, exhibit a high degree of emotional intelligence, which means they are thinking about others, they are exercising empathy, uh, because if you practice mindfulness, that would be a, a natural effect to be more mindful of your environment and the people around you. And um, ideally, uh, better listeners, better active listeners um, than most, most people. And I would also say, speaking of uncertainty and change, that they deal with things that they tend to be more resilient because they don't go into these worst case scenarios. If there is an announcement of a reorg, for instance, mm. yeah, you know, the thought might cross their mind, what's going to happen to my job, but they don't let it overtake them. And this is the difference. I think the thing that I, I want to convey here is are all leaders who exhibit emotional intelligence, empathy, and alignment, are they mindful? Well, no, but they will probably have a higher degree of this somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just that we don't know. You know, if you're talking to someone who happens to be really in the conversation or just happens to hold it together when stuff happens, do they practice mindfulness? Question mark. But I'd say there's probably a higher probability. Does, Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love that. And thinking about our listeners, you know, I, I think a lot of what you've said would be really attractive and really appealing to all of us, you know, in how we live our own lives, but also what we would like to see in those leading us and how we would like to lead others. Where do I start? You know, if, if I was to think about kind of two or three tips. What, what are some things I could 
you know, are there habits, are there practices or, you know, what are the two or three things I could start doing today and tomorrow to bring more mindfulness into my role as a leader or myself as a work in, in, in my work situation? Yes. I'll share with you a few of the, the tips and techniques that I shared in the recent PWN session. Uh, number one, if it is a topic that you're curious about or you've tried it and you want to get into it again, um, Anchor in the practice, which means uh, join a meetup group. There's a number of meditation or mindfulness centers here in Barcelona because this gets you in the habit, mm. yeah? And this is what I mean by being anchored. It becomes part of your lifestyle as opposed to just something that you do on a once-a-week basis, yeah? So that's number one. It also builds accountability. This is the way I started meditating, is to meditate with a group to keep me um, on a regular pattern. Um, the second thing is, and you can start to be mindful right now with whatever you're doing. So when you sit down for lunch, um, you I encourage you to take at least half of that lunch. So if it's a 60-minute lunch, take 30 minutes to just be present with your food disconnect from the phone, look at your surroundings, and just check in with yourself. Um, so that's something very easy to do in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. And lastly, to use whatever you have. If all you have in the morning is five or 10 minutes, don't think that you have to start by sitting 30 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. on a cushion in silent sitting. Use whatever you have, and then over time, hopefully that will grow. But it sounds like the key there really is about habits. You know, whether it's a five-minute habit or an hour-long habit, it's about creating that and, like you say, bringing that into your daily life, making yeah. it part of, of what you do and who you are. Right, okay. because, like, with all skills, first it starts with... with um, unconscious uh, skill, right? Yeah. You have to learn it yeah. and then it becomes unconscious. And when it becomes unconscious, when mindfulness just becomes part of your way of living, this is really where the power kicks in. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, brilliant. And let's let's think about the future a bit. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about where workplaces and organizations have come from. Thinking about where they're going to go, you know, the future and what that holds for us. Do you think mindfulness is here to stay? And, and how do you see the role of mindfulness changing and evolving? How can it help us be leaders in the future? So in terms of whether mindfulness is here to stay in the workplace, maybe it will be like, you know, there was it 10 to 15 years ago, uh, sitting at a cafe in the U.S. was, wow, we don't do that like we do in Europe, right? And then now it's a part of everyday life. Um, you wouldn't think twice about getting together with friends at a cafe. And this is the way I think about mindfulness, which is it seems like there's been a resurgence in the last several mm -hmm. years. Um, I and will it die down? I don't know. I definitely think it's here to stay, but I think it will be some time before it grows in popularity again. Yeah, it's, it's a fad, you can say. But hopefully, at least in society, that it will be here, continue to be here with us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant. And then just in terms of kind of closing, I'm, I'm interested, obviously, as PWM Barcelona, we are passionate about the value of diversity, passionate about the value of diversity and gender balance in the workplace. Um, what are your own thoughts? I mean, you know, your background is incredibly varied, incredibly diverse. What do you think about kind of how you see diversity in the workplace kind of here and now? And, and how do you hope or expect that to change in the future, in the, in the next few years? I can comment as it, re as it relates to mindfulness, which is the more 
present. So typically what happens in a conversation in the workplace, I walk in, I have my agenda, you have your agenda. If I'm very attached to my agenda, I exhibit combative listening, which is I selectively listen, or I might even be hostile, or I may be very limited in my perspective and thinking. What mindfulness teaches us is to let go of our attachments, to let go of our agenda, and can we let go for at least 15 minutes so that I can open up and really be present in that conversation? Now, how does combative listening also shows up? It shows up in our biases and our preconceived assumptions about this person. I don't like this person because of whatever, but something about their appearance, right? This is where the diversity comes in. And Mindfulness invites us to let go of those attachments, let go of those preconceived ideas and be there. And in that space, can a new possibility emerge, right? Can a new possibility for us to bridge the gap? Can I see you differently? And Stephen Covey said it best in terms of um, being un in order to under in order to be understood you first need to understand understanding comes from listening and the more mindful you are the more you can better listen and mindfulness can be a go towards a big part of that yeah and it's and it sounds like it's not even on the one hand it's being more mindful to listen listen more openly and as you said kind of let go of my agenda let go of my my kind of preconceptions but it's, it's also kind of mindfulness in being conscious of the prejudices that I might be carrying into that conversation, you know, so being conscious that I even have those filters or that I'm listening with that filter there and trying to then put it to one side. Absolutely. And the first step is awareness, right? And this is what I share in my workshops. Um, awareness is the basis of change. Once you gain that awareness, once you know that you have those um, unconscious biases working, then now what do you choose to do with that? Yeah. Monica, thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, despite the fact we have lots of noise around us, I, I feel like I've been very present. I really enjoy listening yes. to you. So thank you so much for your time. No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Hilary. So guys, log into the podcast, listen. We've got loads of future editions coming up. And also if you have ideas for other podcasts that you'd like us to broadcast, then let us know. Thank you so much. Take care.